When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Having a terrible week? Well, hang in there because we are your favorite Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. Back for another episode. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Muhammad. And as always, I'm joined by my compadre, Jacob Redman. Jacob, how you doing? I'm doing well, Zach. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good time. You know, things uh, in Chicago seem to be opening up a little bit. I know Canada's a little bit further behind on this the like vaccination thing, but... You know, things things are looking good. Yeah, I got my first vaccine shot this week, and now I have to wait another four months. Four <laughs> That's months? The, yes, four months until my next dose. That's how long it takes. Yeah. Wow. Here yeah. it was like streamlined, like come back three weeks later, like like it was clockwork. I thought it was three weeks, too, and then I looked up the government announcements, and nope, it's another four months. Apparently, they might shorten that time, depending on how many vaccine shipments they get in. Well, congrats on on getting your first shot. That's exciting. Uh, but yeah, like when things are opening up, it's like totally wild. I'm still in the mindset when like someone is near me, I'm just like, please go away. Um, but now it's not uh, not for COVID reasons. It's just because I don't like being near people. <laughs> that's fair that's fair well speaking of somebody who doesn't want to be near people ang was still so moody this episode i thought yeah he was moody and he was moody in like i don't know an annoying way where you're like <laughs> a six-year-old who like is clearly upset but you don't want to say you're upset and so you're just like annoying and it's like gosh i was yeah i yeah he- i just let's get off the back let's have happy ang True, true. This is not a great two-episode stretch for Aang, although this episode is better than uh, Aang in the last episode, The Desert. He was just in a foul mood, to say the least. For sure. And I think he realizes that, like, he took it too far. Like, yeah, he he went a little bit overboard. uh, Yeah, he just slaughtered that buzzard wasp. I'm still still in shock that he just murdered that animal. (laughs) I know, like, just completely killed the animal. Yeah, I, yeah, and then, like, destroyed multiple boats and was, like, gonna kill every sandbender, like, <laughs> watch Damn. out. Aang was on one. Yeah, have you ever had anything stolen from you? I probably should ask this last week. Yeah, I have. I've, I was, I, I got mugged once and then somebody took my iPhone. They asked for the time, then, like, conked me over the head and took my iPhone 5 back when that was new. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Yeah, it was messed wow. up. Did, did you go like full rage mode on them and like? Uh, no, know? they ran away, and then I was just like, "Well, fuck!" I sh- in hindsight, yeah. I feel like I should have chased them down. They weren't, I don't know, that imposing. But I was just like, "Fuck it." Yeah, or I mean, part of my language, I was just like, "F it." Sorry, I don't, yeah, no, I don't I mean, mean to cuss on the pod. My bad. Yeah, uh, I, I do think that it's like probably not worth chasing the person down. Someone, the only time someone stolen something from me is in fifth grade. I had some like Pokemon cards I really liked uh, and someone just took them and I was like, 
I want them back. And then I like complained uh, to the teacher. The teacher like gave or got some of them back, but then like couldn't find all of them. That kid still has some of my Pokemon cards, and I just realized that I should go get revenge. Damn, some kid when I was a kid took my, I had like a shiny Machamp card, and then he Ooh. took it and moved. <laughs> he just stole it and moved. What a bit, what a, I was going to say little bastard, I'll just say it. <laughs> yeah, that's so a, rude. Yeah, that's that's just disrespectful. Yeah, he moved. Yeah, Pissed me man. off. Oh, well. Oh, well, uh, what can we do? <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing we can do now. Um, anyway, the, this episode of Avatar is, is like a fun one. I think, um, you know, I use that word a lot, uh, like pretty much anytime I'm describing Avatar, it's fun, but I think that's why I love the show so much is how fun it is. Uh, but I also think that this episode drags just like a little bit. Uh, there are just like a lot of conversations and like the A story of the like, uh, Aang and the rest of the gang, like traveling on the serpent's pass. It's just like, I don't know. It takes up a lot of time with the B story. You get like no context, but a ton of excitement. Yeah, I agree. I think the B story was more exciting. Like this unlikely alliance of Jet and and Zuko. You also have the return. We have Longshot and Smellerby, but no Pipsqueak, sadly. Uh, yeah. So I can't bust out my impersonation of Pipsqueak. What, what do you <laughs> think happened to the ones that didn't go along with them? I don't know, because Pipsqueak pops back up later, so maybe they just took, maybe they only had enough passports for, like, one ship, and then some of them had to get on another ship. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure that 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 annoying little passport person was like, (laughs) oh, you want to go together? I don't care. Uh, We're going to do it. That crabby passport lady who, like, denies a pregnant refugee. Oh, my gosh. She's, yeah. Yikes. It's It's a lot. Should we That's get into a lot the episode? Of care for your job. Yes, we should. Uh, we should get into the episode. All right, let's do it up. Sweet. So we open up um, with uh, Aang and the rest of the gang. They're all like uh, just chilling. Uh, they're having by a this, good like, time. What? Having a good time for sure. Yeah, they're at this like lovely waterfall. Um, they're just like in the pool. Aang's doing some funny stuff where like he goes in the water and then puts the water around and freezes it around him, which I guess is like cool and refreshing. It, it just seems like it would be like very cold. Yeah. Maybe it's like what those athletes do when they put like to relax their muscles, they'll go on like the ice bath maybe. So maybe something like that. Where that is a great for a- call for an athletic child. Like Aang, maybe it is refreshing for his sore old muscles. Yeah. That that's a great call. Have you ever gotten those like suction cup things? You know, like you'll see NBA players get like those like weird little dots that look like an octopus got to them. I know what you're talking about. I've never had that done to me before. I remember Michael Phelps had them all over his back too. Cupping is what it's called. Yeah. 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 And it's like yeah. all over their bodies. It supposedly it's like relaxing. So I like went to go try it. Cause I thought like, I was like, I had never seen it before. I was like, Oh, that looks kind of cool. And I want to like see what it was. It was just like, it just felt weird. Like, I don't, I don't think it was relaxing at all. I think that it's complete pseudoscience that it makes people better at, at sports. Yeah, apparently it's a placebo, but hey, it pisses on people. Whatever well, floats their boat, right? Yeah, placebos can also have an effect, I guess. So, you know, why not? Yep. Uh, Sokka's chilling there. He's looking at some map that they got from the Spirit Library, but that does not stop Katara from just absolutely getting a 10 out of 10 on her cannonball. This is like by far the most impressive dive maybe like ever animated. 
yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I have too many animated dives to reference, but yeah, she does have a 10 here. Katara could be in the Avatar Olympics for diving. We talk about the Avatar basketball team, but Katara is like a Olympic level diver here. Yeah, well, I think actually in diving, you're supposed to not make a splash. But I think being a waterbender would also make that really easy or just be not very fun. Because, like, you just would just not have a splash. Like, it'd just be that easy. Uh, that's actually one thing I hadn't thought of before is, like, if there was an Olympics for the four different uh, nations, they would mm-hmm. have to have, like, some serious rules about bending. Like, could you imagine if they're having, like, uh, I don't know, the biathlon or something? And the firebenders are able to just, like, shoot fire at all the targets and, like, never miss. It's just broken. Yeah, but then couldn't everybody else shoot, like, rocks and water and air, respectively, at the targets, too? I, okay, fine. That, one, that one's fair. The diving one's clear. Like, any swimming challenge is just not fair to have, like, water tribe members there. Well, I'm thinking a race. Who would win, the firebender or the airbender? Because let's say a 100-meter dash, the fire people could do like what Azula does, where she has like rocket booster fire flames coming out of her like feet and just going faster. Or the airbenders would just be moving at like light speed. We saw Aang do his like roadrunner run. So <laughs> I feel like they'd have a huge – those two bending types would have a huge advantage in any track and field type yeah. race. Yeah, anecdotally, I think, uh, you know, we see Aang is, like, extremely speedy. He is, like, incredibly speedy. Um, So I think he would probably, the airbenders would win the foot race. Like, he can just go full Roadrunner. The other thing uh, that I think would just be broken is the high jump. Like, (laughs) it's just like, okay, uh, great. Well, the airbenders are now flying, so that's fun. (laughs) Though we've seen some... High jumpers outside of A. Katara jumps really high. Boomy at one point jumps from like 15, oh, yeah. like 20 feet down somehow and lands on his two feet. So we've seen some crazy high jumps. Zuko's had a couple of insane jumps. Jed oh. as well. When Zuko does the like jump to get Aang's foot in that one episode when he's chasing him, that's like an incredible jump. Yeah, exactly. That's a good exactly. One. So right. it's like a lot of these a lot in the Avatar world, there's just a lot of like superhuman athletes, to be honest. We got yeah. a lot of like LeBron James esque athletic <laughs> freaks. Well, uh, you know, that's one thing that we can hope comes back. And they're making a new show, um, a new animated show uh, about Avatar, Avatar Studios. Might I suggest Avatar Olympics? Why not? True. Put it, put yeah. it in an episode. It doesn't have to be the whole show. I think that'd be very boring. But, you know, we, we could do one episode. Yeah, an episode chronicling the Olympics. I'd watch yeah. it. Yeah, me too. Um, so then she gets like uh, Sokka's like, map completely wet. Here she like the next thing she does is she she uses water bending to like get all of the water off of the map, which like that like I know you can bend water, but that like seems too powerful. Like spills yeah. just aren't important, even if you get it in like a rug or like something like that. Well, remember last episode they spilled the water in the desert and then they were able to bend it out of the she was able she was able to bend it out of the sand. So yeah, could, water bending is just that powerful. Wow. Well, waterbending underrated. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, anyway, so Sokka is like looking at this old map. He sees that the only way to get to Ba Sing Se, which is where they're trying to go, is the Serpent's Pass, uh, which is, I guess, the most direct route. Already an intimidating name. Uh, you know, Toph is against it from the start. Toph's not super sold, but like, I wouldn't be either. Serpent's Pass sounds scary. Like, yeah, if you told I would me. Not- 
if you told me, would you like to go on the Serpent's Pass or like take the long way? I'd be like, long way. Yeah, I would take the long way home as well because, yeah, yeah, I would not want to go down the Serpent's Pass. That's horrifying. That just sounds scary. Like, and obviously, it's if it's not shaped like a serpent, there's probably serpents around. I'm not saying, like, I wouldn't expect some giant serpent, but I'd expect some snakes or serpents along the way, which makes it even more terrifying. Yeah, so... So we'll get there in a second. Like they're gonna get to the serpent's pass eventually. They're gonna say that it's not that serpenty. Sarah wrote in and said that it is kind of serpenty, and I agree. Like it's not like windy, but like it does like like at least vertically, uh, it does look kind of like serpenty. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I thought that was just a bad take. Bad but, take by Sokka. Yeah, I'd have to get a closer look at it. I only watched this episode once. I didn't do my usual two watches, so I'd have to look at it very closely and see if it looked like a serpent or not. I would say it is uh, more serpenty than your average pass. I Uh, bet. (laughs) All right. They then are like gonna go. um, You know, they're gonna try to like go here. They run into some refugees. Uh, the refugees that we saw in Zuko alone. Um, so it's like a really pregnant wife uh, and like sister and a guy. So it's like a few people. Anyway, they go and they greet the the like uh, Avatar gang. They hear that the goal is to go through the Serpent's Pass. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. That is that is deadly. You will die. Do not do it. It is very bad. Instead, you should go to Full Moon Bay. Full Moon Bay is perfect. There's a ferry. You can get on a boat. No serpents needed. Um. Yeah, this sounds like a universally great idea. Yeah, and then Toph like punches Sokka and is like, "See, I told you, <laughs> no serpents pass." She hits him pretty hard, dude. <laughs> yeah the the so- the Sokka Toph connection this episode is a little bit weird. Uh, like they were, I felt like they were like testing some stuff out to see like, does it make sense for these characters to like be interested in each other? Because at different points in the episode, like, yeah, I don't know. I I think I know. I yeah, there was a weird vibe. Honestly, you're right. I I don't I don't disagree with you. But we'll we'll get there when we get there. But I know there's a couple of moments. I know and I know the moments you're talking about. And I didn't like them for the record. I there were moments and I didn't like them. Um, but yeah, it's just like it's kind of like why people ship Zutara. It's like the age difference and the height difference is a little weird. Yeah, yeah. Well fair um so anyway they get to this full moon bay station uh there are so many refugees here like we're talking like hundreds or thousands of refugees uh yeah they are you know just amazed by the sight of all the people that are around um, yeah, this is like a sobering look at what's going on in the war and stuff. Because prior to this, they always talk about the war, but you never really see the effects of it until now. You're seeing like these thousands of poor, starving refugees. So it's pretty, pretty messed up stuff in the Avatar world due yeah, to the Fire Nation. I think they do a good job of showing that because, like, you know, the whole thing, the whole series is about like you know stopping this war. And I think they do a good job of just not not just showing you the like heroic battles, but also showing you like. The refugees that are getting hurt, the cities that were demolished, all that, like, uh, it's very sad to see. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, they do a good job relaying these messages to children as well. Cause at the end of the day, this is a show for kids and it's like describing the horrors of war to children. So I think they do an artful job at that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we then cut to a few other refugees, uh, now on a ferry, some refugees that we know and love. We got Iroh and Zuko going by their names Mushi and Lee. 
Uh, and then we have a few freedom fighters. We got, as we said earlier, Jet, Smeller B, and Longshot. Uh, yeah. It, it's fun here. I think, like, Iroh has some good moments where he's like, oh, like, I'm about to return to, like, the place that I, like, lost. And um, then I think Zuko complains about the food, and then Jet's like, oh, perfect. He doesn't like the food. Let's, let's uh, I guess, be a bad influence Te- on him. Let's team up and steal yeah. some food. Because then he tells them the the guy on the ship is eating like a fat hap I, I, no he said he says oh he's eating like a king and then iroh's like oh what type of king and then jet's like a fat happy one much to iroh's chagrin which is <laughs> pretty funny some good dialogue there yeah that that was like it was it was a pretty weird dialogue to come up like i feel like if i heard the phrase eating like a king i wouldn't be like ah oh, can you please clarify the king uh <laughs> is that a french king an english one a fat one a happy like I would just be like, got it. I I got the message. Like, I I don't need to pick apart the idioms here. Iroh needed to, to have the analogy explained to him for, yes, for some yes, reason. He did. He's an intelligent man, but maybe he's going a little senile. Who knows? He's an older guy. Yeah. But then Zuko uh, has decided that he's going to help out and uh, free some food. And yeah, they're going to they're going to, you know, do a little Ocean's 13 type heist. Yeah, liberate some food is the term they use, which liberate. is a weird way of phrasing that. <laughs> yeah, liberating food's got big, like, Robin Hood energy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it does. Zuko agrees, and then their plans are set into motion. Yeah, uh, so then we get back to the Full Moon Bay. We got this annoying ticket person, passport, document, official, whatever. Um, we first see the poor Cabbage Man. The Cabbage Man just wants to get his uh, cabbages to Bossing Say, but apparently they're really worried that their parasites are like uh, bugs or something in the food. And uh, yeah, instead of getting his cabbages to Bossing Say, a gigantic platypus bear comes up and destroys all of them. Uh, the platypus bear is some nice security here. Yeah, I like the platypus bear security almost dressed up in its garb. It's smart, too. Having yeah. this big imposing bear as your security officer. Yeah, it's a pretty cute, uh, different, I guess, way to have a security guard. I like the little outfit that it's got. It's It's got to be one of the better animals. I think the only thing better to have would be a sheer shoe as the security guard. But other than that, this is like top, uh, top tier security guard. Nah, facts. Uh, and then so Aang goes up to this annoying passport official lady and says he's the avatar and he needs to cross. And then the lady tells him they get 50 avatars a day. And then it cuts to all the av- all the fake avatars and not him. I have a question for you. Why didn't Aang just airbend here? Because if he airbends in right. front of the woman, he's fine, right? Were you thinking the same thing? You have that in your notes as well? I have the exact same question in my notes because we see okay, all these perfect. like airbenders. They like vaguely look like Aang. In fact, some of them have done a pretty good job. But all yeah. you have to do is just be like, oh, you don't think I'm the avatar? Okay. And then you like airbend something. And then the ticket person has to be like, oh, okay. These other people cannot airbend. Like it seems definitive, but I don't know. Uh, and Aang could do multiple types of bending too if they still don't believe him and think he's faking he could air bend earth bend and water bend so yeah but then the ticket master would be like yo where's your fire bending uh and he'd be like <laughs> it's kind of a touchy subject actually uh please don't mention it um, uh true anyway i think that the reason why they have this get rejected is just so that Toph can just flex uh you know Toph come in here with that bay fong flying Seal. board document documents so nice 
that the official uh like has i guess a mistake in her job like just decides to totally dis disregard all rules have you ever seen a document so nice that you've wanted to disregard rules like there's not a single thing that would make me do that a document so nice she had to count it twice times two <laughs> uh, yes because apparently you know you only get one one passport gets you one ticket but documents so nice you can get four including a seeing eye lemur which is some good thinking on toff's part because no animals are allowed but toff's like well i need it it's my seeing eye lemur boom done facts yeah and then not only do we get we oh we got Toph flexing but not only do we get the return of jet in this episode and his freedom fighters we also get the return of suki how'd you feel about suki in this episode we I like really, suki on this podcast right yeah yeah I, I like suki here i really liked how they introduced suki uh suki just like rolls up to Sokka, starts like berating him a little bit and is like Hey, like, uh, oh, you don't remember me? Like, after uh, berating him, she's not in her, like, iconic makeup, and so I guess he doesn't recognize her. Uh, but apparently, the cheat kiss is so memorable that he knows immediately who it is. And I have to say, uh, I'm not sure anyone's kissed me on the cheek well enough that where I've been like, ah, yes, that is this person. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think cheek kisses in general are that memorable, the little yeah. peck on the cheek. But Sokka's like, uh, you know, Sokka remembers it. Um, anyway, they catch Suki up. Suki gets caught up on the whole thing, how there's, like, Appa's not here, so they have to take the bay. How, like, uh, yeah, they, like, I guess they have, like, a little bit of a catch-up. Here they also, like, are talking about Sokka and how he's, like, gotten stronger or something. He says he j does chin touches. Chin touches with a branch? I don't know. Is that like a bench press or something? Or like, is that an overhead shoulder press? I don't, you could tell I don't go to the gym and exercise enough. I'd have to ask my buddy Pat. I know. I was. I, that's what I was going to say. Like, we need to have Pat on. Uh, you know, Pat's got some <laughs> fitness podcast. He's got to tell me what a chin touch is. Like, yeah, no I mean, Pat, Pat will listen to this. So uh, he'll, he'll, I bet he'll write in and give us this, an update about what a chin touch with a branch is. All right. Yeah, uh, we can put together an avatar official workout. Uh, <laughs> the first thing will be a chin touch with a branch. We'll we'll figure that one out. And then we can add some more things. Uh, what like, avatar business idea did we come up with last week? Do you remember? Oh, we the came choose up your own adventure books. A yeah, genius that's idea. A, that's a good idea. I, I think we should actually do that. We yeah. need an artist, but that Avatar Choose Your Own Adventure book. Imagine if Nickelodeon released an official Avatar Choose Your Own Adventure book. That would sell like hotcakes. That would be like a New York Times bestseller. I agree. And we got like no one from Nickelodeon reaching out about that. That was kind of that's disappointing. I, I expected better out of Nick. Let's see if they come up with those ideas on the official Nickelodeon Avatar podcast. Yeah. I have my doubts about that. I don't think they're coming up with ingenious ideas like that. Yeah, no way. They're probably just going to like <laughs> be able to get interviews with the actual like people on the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, who needs that? Who needs we that need. when you can have yeah. a choose your own adventure idea and now an, an official workout? Yeah, exactly. An official workout plan. Perfect. It's golden indeed. Um, Anyways, we'll continue here. So the pregnant refugee from earlier, Ying and her husband, they can't get on because someone stole their stuff. So Aang decides he'll go speak to the passport lady on their behalf. Try to be nice. And the passport lady official, she's just being nasty to ang she's like if i let that in, them in there will be no exceptions then there will be no more order and then no more civilization 
Is this true, Jacob? Is there, if without order, is there no more civilization or could we live productively in an anarchist society? What do you think, Jacob? Well, that's a big question. Uh, <laughs> well, man, that's a question she's posing. <laughs> some political philosophy here. I, like, I, I mean, I, that, that's what she's asking. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know about no order. I got to say, we could deal with less order and be fine. Uh, whatever, yeah. like, slippery slope that this uh, person's going down is not good for me. This, like, document official thinks that, like, their job holds the fabric of society together. And this is always something that pisses me off. When it's like, well, I can't let you do this, because if I let you do it, then I have to let everyone do it. And it's like, no, you don't. Like, if I have a special exception, then make a special exception. And only other people with special exceptions should be able to do it. Teachers would always use this line on me, and I'd just be like, whatever. You just don't want to let me do it. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not the best line to use on anybody. Yeah. And yeah, this passport official, she's just being mean for no reason. I mean, this is a pregnant woman in front of you and her stuff got stolen. Have you no sympathy? Have you no anything? Yeah, it, it's pretty annoying. And like, it's not clear what they would be able to do without the avatar. Like, I think they would just be out of luck. Like, it doesn't seem like there's a passport office like around the corner where they can get issued a new one. Like, I'm not really sure if they have like a social security number or something they could look up, but. It, like it seems like they're just uh, they're just out of luck if if Aang's not there, but thankfully Aang is. Aang's decided that instead of um, you know gonna instead of like leaving them out to dry, he's gonna go and lead them through the Serpent's Pass. Yeah, he's gonna like chaperone them across the Serpent's Pass. Exactly. Uh, very kind from Aang here. They have to give up their tickets, which uh, Sokka's very upset about. Yeah, Sokka's not happy with this. And then, so what happens after this? Do we cut back to Zuko and them, or do we go straight to their uh, the ser- beginning of the Serpent's Pass? Uh, no, we keep going um, with them. We first see that, like, Suki wants to join him, and, like, Sokka seems a little upset about that, which doesn't make a ton of sense, because, I don't know, he was so excited for that cheat kiss, you'd think that he'd at least want her around. Yeah, but then as we come to learn, it's because he doesn't want her in any danger at all, and he wants to keep his precious little lady safe from yeah. all dangers every, every time which She's, is pretty misogynistic on she his is part. as or more capable than Sokka is like i would say more capable i would say more athletic i mean she goes toe-to-toe with like um my may and ty lee and azula at one point in the next couple of i think that's appa's lost days they battle with them so yeah like she's i think she's more capable than Sokka, to be honest yeah, so it, it's, like, pretty surprising here that, you know, Sokka's so concerned. I guess, like, whatever. He's got some he's got some trauma that he's working through. Uh, probably doesn't have the best, like, uh, the best resources here. Uh, no better help sponsorship to help him out. <laughs> yeah, no better so help at all. There's so many of those on podcasts. Oh, my goodness. Apparently, they're a really scummy company. So, oh, really? Like, they, yeah, apparently they're like the therapists are not actual therapists, and there's like a lot of issues with them. I know Rob's advertised for them before, but so I don't want to say anything too bad. But yeah, I've heard some things. I'm I'm in tune with that stuff because I have bipolar disorder. I pay attention to these ads. I did my research, and yeah, not the best company. Not well, the best company. I'll good to know. That. Apparently, uh, <laughs> yep. Sorry, better help. Uh, please, <laughs> sorry, better with help. Us. Uh, yeah, sorry, better help if you ever want to advertise with us. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Jacob might need the dollar, but I'll probably decline. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think, sorry, we don't have to talk about the company. No, most. no, no. 
I, I was going to say the company I most want uh, to advertise for is Oatly. Have you ever tried their ice cream? I've never even heard of Oatly. Oh is my this a, gosh. Is this an American thing? I only have like Ben and Jerry's here. I don't have too many options. The, it, it's oat milk ice cream. Um, so it's like not this made- oat milk thing is a new trend that I've never heard. Like all of a sudden, Starbucks oat milk, oat milk, oat milk. Is this like a new? It's like avocados a couple of years ago. Remember, like avocado toast. Now, like oat milk is like the new avocado toast. I swear to God. Look, I've been an oat milk day one. I've been out here for like years <laughs> repping oat milk. I will stand by it. It's really good. Uh, I've never had it. I kind of want to try. It. Yeah. Okay. Well, Chobani oat milk or Oatly oat milk. Those are the best ones. Anyway, I they don't, they don't even need to pay me to sponsor for them. I just love Oatly. <laughs> well, Their strawberry I, I, ice cream is delicious. I would cross well, the Serpent's Pass to get some strawberry <laughs> ice cream from Oatly. Well, now I know you'll never abandon Oatly, unlike this sign that tells them at the be in the front of the Serpent's Pass to abandon all hope. Uh, thank you for getting us back on track. <laughs> <laughs> all good, all good. See, I learned from you. I learned the transitions. Yeah, um, yeah. Th- this is a pretty intimidating sign, and like it seems like it's not very productive. <laughs> like, if you're already going on the Serpent's Pass, then you're probably pretty desperate, and for it to just be like, "Hey, by the way, abandon hope," it's like a little brutal. Um, it must have been some like unruly teen, like ha ha, abandon all hope, like some edgy teen at the beginning of the past. Because it's either it's right at the beginning. It's not like whoever went on this, or maybe they tried and then the serpent attacked them and they just came back and said attacked hope. Who knows? But yeah, it's weird I, that this is this is at the beginning of the past and not like in the middle of it. Yeah, like I think it actually be a lot more ominous if like you know right after the first turn there's like a little sign that says it on like the side not like an official overhang like it'd be like oh like someone like some random person wrote this like after having a bad experience not just like exactly yeah putting up a sign but this is where ang like is his most unrelatable to me he's like maybe we should abandon hope and it's like dude calm down like i know you lost your bison but god you know what's weird that he says the monks used to say hope is just a distraction, and he's like, "Is that is that that does that in tune with monk logic?" I feel like monks have a lot of are hopeful people. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, and that is in Buddhism, it's a thing where you're supposed to abandon all hope. But I read Siddhartha not that long ago, and I don't remember that being a thing. Yeah, I I don't either. Uh, you know, I'm also not super well qualified to talk on on this sort of thing. Like, it would just yeah. be me guessing, but it doesn't it doesn't seem right. You know, if anyone knows, I would be interested because, like, it seems very like maybe if if you think about it more, it's like not as sad as it sounds. But when you hear about it, it sounds like a very sad thing to do. Like abandoning hope. Like, I don't know. It seems like I would only do that when I'm like most de- desperate and like sad. Not like yeah, same, same, thing. same, same. Uh, as they like keep going, they're like walking along. They see a fire nation, fire nation ship. Um, there's like a ship that's just like patrolling the seas. They hear that there's something big out to the west that they need to be uh, patrolling, and the fire nation is keeping it under guard so that no one can see. Uh, we'll later find out this is the drill, but pretty ominous here to hear that's like, oh yeah, the fire nation has something so powerful and so surprising that they don't want anyone to see. Yeah, and it's an interesting how the Serpent's Pass is almost like a border between the Fire Nation and the Earth Earth Kingdom. Because then on one side, the Fire Nation controls that sea, and then on the other side, the Earth Kingdom controls the other sea. So it's pretty cool how that worked out. Yeah, it's also like 
The thing that I was thinking about this is how disappointing it was that Aang didn't make a plan to go see it. Like, the only reason why Aang sees the drill is kind of on accident. Like, he wasn't actively looking for the thing that they're hiding. If I heard that the Fire Nation is hiding something really big, I would be like, huh, maybe I should check that out in case it's important. I think he was just more focused on the task at hand of getting the refugees across the Serpent's Pass. That's that, that's fair. But I think, like, instead of flying off to go find Appa, I think he should, like, have gone to search for whatever the thing was. That, yeah, that, do like, some his recon. His motivations would have made more sense. Yeah, no, you're probably right. And then, so they start their journey on the Serpent's Pass, and man, both Ying's husband, who doesn't have a name, I don't think, and Sokka, man, they're so lucky to have Toph around. Toph just saves both of these people. Because <laughs> first, yeah, continue. Unbelievably clutch. Unbelievably clutch. First, this guy just falls off, and he would have fallen directly into, like, off of the cliff, basically, just, like, rolled off and died. And then he has so- uh, Toph to save him right away. And then Sokka... It pushes Suki out of the way of like a rock avalanche, and then so Toph narrowly saves him, and then he's like, "Suki, are you okay?" And then Toph has the <laughs> Toph has the great line of like, "Hey, thanks for saving my life." Oh, no problem. Like doing both the Sokka and the Toph voice. Oh, man. Yeah, and, and this is like one of the times where I was kind of annoyed by Sokka because, like, yes, he gets Suki out of the way, but like he relies on the fact that Toph was going to save him in the first place. Like he just put himself in danger. Like I don't really know. I don't really know. Well, what he's, he's, he's got at least that he's got to thank Toph. He's got to be like, oh, thank you, Toph, for saving me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she's asking for him to do. Like, come yeah. on, man. And when, if somebody saves my life, I'm thanking them right away. Oh, for sure. Like at least twice. I will thank you two times or more if you save my life. <laughs> exactly. At the <laughs> um, bare minimum. The bare minimum. Um, yeah, the other thing that they talk about, or sorry, the other thing that like they do here is like when the husband falls off, like the rock that sends him back up kind of looks like it was like, I don't know, a trampoline or something like the amount of force that he had when Toph like sent him back to the place that they were like walking the path they were along, like was a lot. I I was very surprised here that, that that was how he got back up. But it kind of reminded me of like pinball, you know, like the flippers in pinball that like hit the ball. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of reminded me of like, yeah, it was like a rock, but almost like one of those like rock flipper type things. So that's what, how it was able to generate the force. Yeah, At yeah. least that's how my like juvenile brain was able to rationalize it. Makes sense to me. Uh, somehow, whenever the rocks fall, the Fire Nation looks, which is surprising because I feel like rocks probably fall all the time. And most of the time it isn't people. Like, I don't know why the Fire Nation would be looking, but anyway, they start, like, firing on the group. Aang, like, uh, jumps in the air. He does some little air bending to get rid of one of the fireballs. Uh, sends it right back their way. But then, Direct like, hit, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Very impressive here. That's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is, like, impressive baseball skills, essentially. I was like, just about to say, Aang hits, like, a triple here. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh. A triple for sure. Um... And then, yeah, there's, like, some more uh, stuff here anyway. Uh, yeah, like, it's it's clutch to have Toph there, but I did think that the, like, Aang triple was pretty cool. No, I agree. I agree. I had that yeah. in my notes. Do, do you well. think Aang would be a two-way player like Shohei Otani? Would he be able to pitch and hit? Hmm, yeah, I do think Aang could do a Shohei Otani, play the field as well, do whatever, all, do a little bit of everything, definitely. Yeah. I mean, Aang, like, all the airbenders would be so good at every sport. And, and plus, like, even Katara, yeah. Katara would be, like, an OP baseball player as well. 
Yeah, I, I do think like Aang as a pitcher would be pretty sick because you'd have just like so much of like break on a curveball. You would just like the ball would be like going and then it would just like drop if he uses air bending to just like make it fall. It would be incredible. I, like I He'd don't have know a how nasty slider for sure. Yeah, a slider that just like breaks away like to the dugout. <laughs> and then the batter's like, well, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> or like you could just stop the ball like uh instead of having a, a screwball that kind of like pauses uh in the air you could just like full stop the ball suspend it in midair have them swing and then keep it going <laughs> well i guess that's enough sports talk for today we'll just cut it i'll cut it short today because i know for a couple of weeks we've gone deep into the sports and i don't know i know i know i know i know not a lot of people are into the sports stuff but i i enjoyed this little brain exercise of imagining ang as a baseball player well look i like i know we talk about it a lot but it's fun to imagine the avatar characters in like sports like how fun is it to be like oh how good would they be at like household chores or knitting it's like i don't like that's not worth talking about true true no you're right you're right i mean i wonder who would be the best knitter now no i'm just playing Uh, i don't care about that at all right in uh please someone write in and tell us who would be the best knitter um i what even makes someone good at knitting it's like a steady hand i don't know i'm not i'm not a knitter as you could say I don't know, good equipment, good knitting equipment. I have no, <laughs> wow. okay. I have no clue. Uh, anyway, uh, next we go back to the ferry. Uh, on the ferry, we like see this little, this Ocean's 13 heist get taken out. I feel like we didn't get a ton of like setup for this. It was like, we're going to go steal some food. And then they just do it, which like, cool. Uh, you know, I'm glad they're, you know, quote, liberating the food. Um, but it, it does seem like we could have gotten some more details here. Like we could have had that meeting where it's like, all right, so you're going to do this and you're the lookout and then we're going to do this. Instead, we just get right into it. This was a great scheme. I thought this was an incredible heist. What were your thoughts? You on know, it? yeah, this was amazing. You know, what was the best part. Zuko's bowl stacking. Oh, my goodness. The way he stacked the eight bowls with his sword. Yeah, that was crazy. He like did that so professionally almost. Yeah. Uh, Such a coordinated of- man. Speaking of things that he would be really good at, uh, science Zuko out to be a hibachi chef. Facts. Zuko would be the best hibachi chef ever. I can ha- have him at Benihana. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He was like doing some like fancy little work and stacking them up and putting them back. And then, uh, yeah, the way that they get away is super impressive too. Like long shots standing on the bottom. And in order to get them to escape, he shoots an arrow that has like a rope attached to it. And then all of them like, uh, or they like send the food down and all of them like go and they fall or they like uh controlled fall down. They like slide down. What is it called? It's like uh, uh, the rope. I'm not sure. I'm not, I know. I know what you mean. Like, it's almost like a tight rope, but not really. Yeah. No. What this is. I don't, I don't know huh. the exact term. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Well, Zach and I clearly don't have mastery of the English language. That's fine. <laughs> Not today, at the very least. No. So. Uh, anyway. Sorry, everybody. I just have weekend brain. Yeah. No, no mastery of the English <laughs> language for me today. Anyway, uh, it's very cool. I thought that it was a great way to get away. And I thought that, you know, this is going to be very hard for the captain to be able to put together. I think he's going to not have any clue what hit him. Who stole it? Yeah. No. no, facts. And Zuko and Jet make quite the Zuko, Jet, and the Freedom Fighters make quite the formidable team. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you add Zuko. Like, yeah, very strong. I think the Freedom Fighters by themselves impressive, but 
Now you have the hibachi chef Zuko. It's getting even better. <laughs> Zuko cooking some heat up in the kitchen. Yeah. Have you like uh have you been to a hibachi chef? Have you seen like the stuff that they do? I have not. I have not not in real life at the very least. Uh I, I went to one and they did like all the things that like you'd you'd think they do. They like spin the egg and they do some cool stuff. But the coolest thing is like the onion, they like make it into a tower. And then they have, like, smoke come out of the top because they put some, like, oil in it. And it looks like it's, like, a mountain that's, like, uh, it looks like it's, like, a volcano that's, like, you know, boiling over. Pretty cool. Yeah. I, w- I want to go get some of that now. Now you're just making me hungry. And I just yeah. ate. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, in four months, once you get the next dose, uh, you know, treat yourself to some hibachi. Sure. I don't know if they have any hibachi places in Vancouver, but we'll see. I'll check. I'll do some research and check it out. Sounds good. Uh, We go back to Aang and the rest of the gang. They're uh, just like chilling there for a little bit. Katara goes up to uh, Aang saying that it's okay to miss Appa. uh, And I guess is like asking why he is so different from where he was last episode. And Aang just is like, I guess, upset with himself. He doesn't like how when he was so upset in the desert that he really let his anger get to him and it really changed him. Um, and yeah, Katara here like says like, Hey, uh, don't give up hope. We'll get him. What were your yeah, thoughts then, on the conversation? It was interesting because A is like, he's so angry. He can't, he couldn't control himself. And then Katara is very consoling and mature as she always is. Yeah, and then yeah. she's like, Oh, do you need a hug? And then Aang like rebuffs her hug for some reason. He's just like, no, I don't need a hug. And he doesn't say that, but he just doesn't take her up on the offer for the hug. And I don't know why. I mean, you're, you're down and you have a friend who's trying to uplift you and support you. Also somebody you're romantically interested. Why not take him up on the offer to get a hug and lift your, lift yourself up? Yeah, you know, know uh, physical touch may not be his love language. Uh, like, you know, it's not for me. I think quality time is. Uh, quality times like, is uh, A1 in my opinion, so. That's fair. That's uh, fair. You know, n- like, if we ever hang out, Zach, uh, all we have to do is just, uh, you know, like, uh, spend time Chill together. No, no hugs needed. No hugs needed. No physical what, contact. Your, all good. What's your uh, love language? Uh, I don't mind a little bit of hugging and physical touching. Why not? I mean, not with friends. It's like, who cares? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, shake yeah. your hand. I'll fist bump you do, you know, in COVID times you do the little elbow bump instead. Yep. Yeah. Remember when they tried to make like the foot shake a thing? I don't remember. I don't remember oh this gosh. becoming a thing. It was at like the beginning of the pandemic. It's like, don't shake hands. You should like touch feet. And like that reminds me of like the kid and play dads. You know what I'm talking about? Where they put their feet together and like hop around in a circle. Oh, yeah, you never yeah, seen yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that elbows make way more sense than touching feet. That's just like I don't know. Not not doing it for me. Um <laughs> anyway, so Sokka is now looking at the moon. He's just chilling there. Uh and I think that the animators in this scene do a great job. They really keeping the moon in shot and all yeah, that stuff. They yeah, really I do have the moon as like a third character present. And obviously Suki like doesn't have the whole like knowledge of what's going on, but like UA is very much present in the scene. And I feel like having the moon here as they have this conversation is great storytelling. Um, you know, this is like part of what makes Avatar so cool is that like you have really advanced storytelling techniques, uh, like, you know, having these like moments where it's like, you know, relying on the moon being in frame and all of that to really tell the story in a much better way. 
No, you're 100% correct. I ha- I had that in my notes as well, and you summed it up really well. So then this conversation starts, and then um, Sokka's like, I lost someone I cared about at the North Pole. And it's like, yeah, the, that's the lady you cheated on Suki with, in my opinion. I st- That's my opinion from that episode. I still stand by that today from that podcast. I still think he cheated on I think he had a thing with Suki that he just completely forgot about her for Yue, in my opinion. I mean, he did drop Suki pretty quick. Uh, you know, anyone who's going to like drop someone that quick is probably not someone you want to stay with. But, you know, they didn't define the relationship, Zach. I don't think it's cheating. I guess. Uh, I guess know? not. Okay, not cheating, but it's like, I don't know, still a little off base in my eyes. Yeah. It, and everything was not above board, at least. Uh, especially yeah, for like exactly. a kid. Like, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um so, like, Suki starts to say um, something, a, a li- it's, like, a little too convoluted for Sokka, but it's, like, very clear to, I think, everyone else in the world. Uh, she's like, oh, yeah, like, I met this guy, and he was really cool, but then he left. And Sokka's just like, oh, well, who is he? Is he taller than me? Is he better looking? And Suki's just like, no, it's you. Like, you are dumb. It's you, stupid. Come on, <laughs> That's now. what she says verbatim. Yeah. It's you, stupid, which yeah, is pretty it, funny. The The voice acting when she says that line is great, because it's just like, it feels so exasperated, and it's like, no, I was I was just trying to be as sweet, and instead you're just like, too dumb to get my reference, but um, yeah, they like start to kiss, they get close. Uh, this is like another great shot with like the moon in the frame as their faces are coming together, and then Sokka pulls away here. Uh, Suki says, like, sorry, and Sokka's like, it's not you, uh, which I'm sure makes her feel better, because that's probably what everyone <laughs> wants to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sokka can't do it, because he's still hung up on old UA, sadly. Yeah. Uh, we we get back to the ferry uh, here that's going to Bossing Say. Uh, they're, like, you know, having all the food going out to all the people, the passengers are now getting to eat like princes or dukes at least. Um, and Iroh is talking to Smellerby. This is not great. <laughs> like, <laughs> this this did make me laugh, to be honest, because the thing was, I, I don't know what it is, but Smellerby doesn't, like, Smellerby could be a boy, could be a girl. You don't necessarily know, right? And Iroh, it's an honest mistake from Iroh, I think. I don't think it was that bad. What do you think? Did you think was this real? Iroh really off base here? Is that what your take is? Uh, like, I, I don't know. Like, is that hard to just ask? So, so like, the conversation is, like, Smellerby... Uh, the name comes up and Iroh's like, that's a weird name for a young boy. Uh, and Smellerby's like, I'm not a boy, I'm a girl. And it's like, okay, like, uh, yeah, best case, Iroh is like, you have a weird name. That's the best case. I think Iroh just stepped on a landmine he did not know was there. You know what I mean? But, but like, so either ask or just like, don't comment on someone's name being weird. Like, there's literally True. no upside. Like, even I, if- I agree, I agree with you, but I think Iroh's just trying to make conversation out of anything. And like, maybe I'm sympathetic to him because I'm that type of person too, where I, I, I wouldn't make the mistake he made, but I just like to start conversation out of random things with new people. So I've had some awkward moments like that myself. Not, not that bad, but just yeah, I, I, I could relate. I gotta say, uh, you know, if I thought someone's name was weird, I would not tell it to their face. Instead, I might just be like, the dog's tasty or something like that. But, um, anyway, so Smellerby gets really upset and we, we have these, one of these moments and this, like, uh, this whole thing is like so played out in my opinion where like 
you have a silent character and the other person is like getting a lot from them. So I don't remember exactly what's said, but Smeller B is like going pretty in depth. It's like, oh, like you're saying I shouldn't be upset. And like all that Longshot's doing is just like careful nods. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this trope? Yeah, is Longshot, like, how, I don't like this trope, and how, how is Longshot able to speak in full sentences without saying anything? Not only do I, I don't like this trope because it makes no sense. How, yeah. like, there's no, is Longshot, are Longshot and Smellerby just speaking a different language? Is Long, is Longshot, like, one of those, like, giraffes that can, like, talk in, like, vibrations lower than, like, the human ear frequency or whatever? Like, is he one of these things? Like, <laughs> you know about that? How giraffes can speak to each other, but at, like, a frequency that humans cannot hear? Apparently, elephants and giraffes can do that. No, I what? That's so weird. Because okay, you didn't know that? No, I did not know this. This is like I watched a, that in like a nature documentary recently. Because there was a group of I seen this giraffes. And then also there was a group of elephants traveling through a city, and the matriarchal elephant traveled through the middle, and the other elephants went on like the outskirts of the city, and then the elephants were able to communicate without making any noise and reconvene at the end of the city. Well, elephants, I know, are, like, very smart, and they, like, uh, they'll, like, go back and, like, if one of them dies, like, on a trip, then, like, when they're, like, going back around there, they'll all go there to, like, mourn the person, or, or the elephant, I guess. Um, <laughs> they, they do some, like, clever stuff. But this is, yeah. this is so weird that this is coming up, because I, like, just was thinking about this a few days ago, how I don't know what sound a giraffe makes. Because, like, you know, if it's, like, oh, oh cool. like, if you ask a kid, like, what sound does a horse make? They'll be like, nay, or whatever. But it, like, yeah. if you ask a kid, what sound does a giraffe make? They just stare at you. No idea. And I don't yeah, know either. Yeah, apparently they don't make sounds that humans can hear. So there Th- you go. This is absolutely mind-blowing. Is there a way that we could like have the low frequency turned up so that I could hear what it would sound like if I could hear it? I guess I don't know what you would know that. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not an animal expert. I'm no zoologist. I'm just yeah. a man who watches some nature documentaries. That's all. <laughs> man, I need a zoologist in my life to, uh, yeah. to answer these hard hitting questions like this. But, but I, I do agree with you. The silent character trope is played out. Yeah. It's, it's like the joke is like, Oh, through just like a nod of the head, they got so much information, but it's like, I don't know. Or you could actually have a meaningful dialogue. I guess there's a lot of dialogue this episode, so maybe I don't mind it, but. Uh, True. Anyway, so they, they, we, we. Oh, continue. Yeah. Uh, Jet, like, comes back. They start talking about how it's good to see, uh, like, Bossing say. They say, like, they've seen it before. And I don't know. A lot of, a lot of nothing was said here. Uh, the only thing <laughs> that I think worth pointing out is that Iroh is, uh, you know, saying, like, oh, yeah, like, people can get a second chance. Uh, and Jet's excited for a new beginning. And I think it's interesting to see like Jet versus Zuko because they are like kind of close in like character progression. And it's like Jet is just like really jaded Zuko. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And uh, yeah, that's the thing is, sadly, Jet, I, I, Sarah wrote this in her feedback, how like she was hoping Jet would get a redemption arc. And I, I kind of wish that too. I wish Jet got a redemption arc instead of just, you know, kicking the bucket, sadly. Instead of, uh, getting a graveyard. Oh, yeah. Yikes. Big yeah. oof. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Like it would be nice to see Jet, like maybe come to terms a bit. I think, yeah, he, he might even be like, too far radicalized like i think it might be hard for him to to do so but yeah no that's true that's true and that's like leads to his excuse me leads to his downfall ultimately for sure 
Um, we wake up the next day. We're back at the Serpent's Pass. The group is now getting to a section that is completely underwater. And it is unbelievably clutch to have water and earthbenders here because, like, without it, it just, like, this would be a very difficult path to cross. Like, could you imagine if a family just tried to cross this path? Like, they would just die. Yeah, they would just die instantly. There's no way. They're un- it's unbelievably clutch to have Aang, Katara, and Toph. You have uh, one of the most powerful earthbenders, waterbenders, and you have the Avatar. So yeah. they are. this family got very lucky because then Katara and Aang are able to bend water around all of them while they walk underwater. And then Momo hops into the water and starts swimming with the fishes, which I thought was a really cool shot. But then he hops back into their water bubble when he sees a silhouette of this like huge serpent. Yep, uh, you know, you can quickly find out why it's called the Serpent's Pass. Uh, <laughs> As Sokka a, says, yep. Yep, we see a gigantic serpent. I'm a little surprised that the serpent didn't just, I go, uh, like, go wreck the Fire Nation ship. Like, it does seem like if the Fire Nation ship was there and the serpent's there, that it would just, like, TKO it, but I don't know. Um, but when the, like, when the fish comes, it, like, bursts the water bubble they've made. Toph then, like, takes the earth and then sends them all up. Sends, like, a gigantic, uh, a gigantic, like, I guess, earth blast Pil- or something up to the top. Earth pillar up top. Pillar, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Um, then they, like, are deciding that they're going to split up. <laughs> they're going to try to get the people to safety. Uh, Katara's going to make an ice bridge for them all to cross. And, uh, yeah, they all, like, run across, but Toph. Uh, does not want to. I guess Toph can't see on ice, which doesn't make sense. Like, it seems like ice would have vibrations, so she should be able to see, but I don't know the rules. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I didn't think about that, but maybe she should be able to see on ice. Maybe any ice skaters tell us if ice has vibrations or not. Well, ice definitely has vibrations. Like, uh, I, I feel like it has to, but. No, it probably does. Yeah. Probably does. Anyway, um, Toph's, like, wanting to just sit there, uh, doesn't want to go, but then the serpent, like, slams their body uh, on the, I guess, earth patch. So Toph's like, fine, I'll go. Uh, Starts to go some more, and the serpent just absolutely smashes the bridge, and now Toph, who cannot swim, is calling for help. Uh, It's kind of scary. Like, when I was a kid, I was, like, terrified of falling into water. And like before I learned how to swim, have you ever fallen into water before you learn how to swim? Cause I, I still don't know how to swim to this day. Cause I had a couple of bad experiences when I was a kid where I fell into water at the deep end of the pool and had to have like a lifeguard jump in and save me. Yeah. It, it is like a very terrifying thing. I did not. Uh, one time my sister was trying to get a ball, um, in the like deep end of the pool and before she knew how to swim, she, like, fell in trying to get it out of the pool. And then, like, uh, we had to go rush and get her. So, oh, it was shit. actually pretty scary. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, so, um, so like, Toph uh, is in the water, gonna, gonna drown. She can't swim. Sokka's, like, gonna get ready to go. And Suki just, like, you know, jumps in, dives in, gets, like, way out in the water. Massive leap herself. And uh, gets gets uh, Toph here. This is the moment that I thought was weird. Um, yeah, because then we get Toph planting a kiss on Suki's cheek, assuming she's Sokka. <laughs> yeah, this was odd. Yeah, and then, like, well, first off, can you not tell the difference between, like, Suki and, and Sokka's, like, 
body. Like I know that she can't see, but like they just seem like different body type, but I um, guess not. I guess Suki's pretty buff. I mean, Suki's pretty athletic. She I, might be uh, yeah. as athletic as Sokka. No, honestly. I, I think, I think uh, you feel someone who's buff. You're like, that's not Sokka. That's got to be someone else. <laughs> true, true. I didn't even think of that. You're right. You know what's the thing that really just made me the most mad, though? What's up? Suki had the, like completely waterproof makeup. She got out, did not have a single like stain or anything. Like It was all there. How does she get this makeup off if it does not come off with water? You're, I, I'm not, I have no idea. Maybe she has like some like alcoholic base remover mm, or something like okay. that. I don't know. Cause like she's fully in the water and it does not even smear a bit. This is going back to the first episode, but I was pissed off at Sokka in the water tribe. His makeup did come off. <laughs> anyway, seems did it like- come off? Did Sokka's makeup come off? Yes, after the ice, oh, okay. after the like snow got on him, he had the the like uh, it smeared on his face. And, like, oh, okay, came off. okay. And I was I shocked back then that the Southern Water Tribe didn't have the technology to not have makeup come off when water touches it, since it has to come up all the time for waterbenders. Oh yeah, I do remember that take. Damn, that's a callback to one of our earliest episodes. Like that's like episode two, right? Yeah, callback to uh, like one of the first podcasts. Yeah, yeah. true. Actually, another great callback to one of the first podcasts. This would be a very clutch time for Katara's pocket bass. You know, throw it at the serpent. The serpent might get distracted and decide it doesn't need you to eat. <laughs> it can just eat the little fish that, that Katara's got. Yeah, sadly, Katara has no serp or no fish in her pocket. Actually, so instead, what she has to what Ang and her end up doing first, she like frozones her way onto the <laughs> onto the water because she like goes and creates like these uh, pockets of ice that she like sprints on and this was really cool i thought like the visual of katara sliding on the ice and then she creates this like ice wall and encases the serpent in ice but it escapes so then ang and katara create a huge whirlpool that sucks in the sea serpent and bash its head into a rock with the whirlpool and i thought this was a very impressive feat of water bending because i would never think to even though i played the pokemon video games and they had the whirlpools <laughs> in those but I, I never would have thought that they could create a whirlpool with the water bending so very inventive way innovative way for them to use water bending. uh yeah i agree so at first like ang's like i'm gonna fight the serpent while you get everyone else to safety but then like ang does nothing ang just flies around and like stalls a little bit guitar does like all the heavy lifting here uh true like, i was but they do water bend together they do they create the whirlpool together that that is they're true. on like opposite sides of it that is true but i don't think that like ang was doing that or at least it seemed like the, i don't know make i don't know how the idea came up but um yeah, like Katara here was like frozoning the whole thing. I think that's actually a great call, the the frozone uh, call out. So <laughs> yeah, frozone from the Incredibles. It's just because uh, I didn't realize how waterbenders are so. Uh, I mean, I should have remembered this, but waterbenders are so adept with ice as well. So it's basically that like they're ice benders as well as waterbenders. Yeah, yeah. The, it doesn't actually make a ton of sense. Do you think that waterbenders can boil water as well? Because, like, we've seen firebenders do that. But if they can change the temperature of water, could they just, like, change it to be hot? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I guess not. I've never seen a waterbender or heard of a waterbender able to do that. I think they can only make it colder. They can only go sub-zero. They can't go, I don't know, above that. Huh. That's actually very weird because they can unfreeze it. 
Can they unfreeze it? I guess they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never- I think I think uh, we see at some points on like uh, as like Katar is going, she's like unfreezing some of it. Anyway, th- interesting uh, to think about. But they they eventually, <laughs> yeah. They as you said, they like conk this little serpent out. Serpents down for the count. They then get to the other side of the pass where they are officially off the serpent's pass. They can start to see the wall of bossing say. However, just as they do, oh no, a labor. Uh, th- this is pretty predictable, I-, I thought. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But you know, a pregnant person on television, they're going to have the baby. That's like another common TV trope in general. If somebody's happen. pregnant, you're going to have the birth as well. Yeah, you, you have to. It's like uh, Chekhov's gun. Like, why make someone pregnant if they're not going to have the baby on screen? Sokka has some interesting dialogue here where he's like, can't you just hold it in or something? And Sokka, it's not like using the washroom. It's having a baby. Just, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't understand this line from Sokka. I mean, yeah, he, he like clearly does not know what's going on that much. And then like, he's so rude to Katara. Katara is like, oh, great. Like, you know, taking charge, being the like responsible one again. Uh, you know, last episode she was like the reason why they were all uh doing fine uh, in the desert, holding themselves emotionally. Here she's gonna like deliver a baby, and Sokka's like, "Oh, do you know how to deliver a baby, or you just like delivered seal pups?" And she's like, "I delivered a baby too." Like, dude, Sokka, calm down. <laughs> Terrible. I think Sokka just does, is just as paranoid and scared of baby deliveries because we'll see him faint later on. He just doesn't know how to control himself when a baby's being born. Yeah, uh, yeah. He like has so much like like uh, dumb male energy here, and then like later he like has one of the worst lines of all time. Um, like when Suki goes to kiss him, he says, "You talk too much." Like, that's not romantic at all. That's just, like, disrespectful. Like, if, if someone was trying to kiss me and they're like, hey, you talk too much, I'd just be like, wait, no, that was that was an insult. Try again. Say, like, say that my <laughs> smile is good and then kiss me. Like, come on. Yeah, I, th- I think in the context of when he said it, it wasn't that bad. And Suki seemed to enjoy that kiss. So, hey. Worked for him. Like, I, I, I said this before and I'll say it again. In my opinion, Sokka's flirtatious game is not very good. Yet, the ladies seem to love him, so maybe he just knows something I do not. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I said a couple of seasons uh, episodes ago, and I'll stand by. It. Like, I, I think the thing that he knows that you don't is, is called negging. I think it's, like, a bad <laughs> thing. I think it is, like, just not good. I think uh, you're too results oriented, and the process that he's going by is bad. I, like he no, must just I have agree. some I'm, sick I'm pheromones. Not, I, I agree with you. It's not something I would do. But hey, I, oh, the negging is yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was sorry. I was not saying that this is like uh, what you would do. I'm just like saying. No, no, no. I know. I know that. Uh, yeah, uh, it's got to be like he's got to have some like pheromones or something to where people are like, ooh, <laughs> great. That pocket fish Katara keeps, he's just got one too, just smelling real tasty. Exactly. Yeah, like, also the Avatar's right there, and people are falling for Sokka. It's like, the Avatar. The Avatar. Like, come on. True. Increase your standards. Um, anyway, <laughs> so we, before we get to the, the kiss there, uh, we get Jet telling Zuko, uh, he's like, oh, I know who you are, um, after seeing your scar. And Zuko's like, oh no, like this is this is bad, like this could go very wrong. And Jet's like, yeah, you're an outcast like me. And 
yeah, okay, maybe he doesn't recognize him. But, like, isn't Zuko on, like, one of the most wanted persons lists or something? Like, he seems like one of the most wanted people, and he has such a distinctive scar that I'm shocked that Jet doesn't know who he is. True, but I think Jet doesn't care about looking at wanted posters, and even if he did, anyone on a wanted poster is, like, an ally to Jet, unless they're a firebender. But then, on the wanted poster, it probably says, like, exiled fire prince or whatever. But I don't think Jet is looking too closely at Fire Nation wanted posters, which is what that was. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Uh, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like this has to be common knowledge and that, like, people should be seeing it. Like, we're gonna see them just, like, blend in, but, like, I don't know. I feel like they should stick out in Bossing Say of like, oh, you are clearly a firebender. Uh, you are clearly Zuko. Like, uh, what, what you doing here? But anyway, uh, the moral of the story is that they're gonna. They need to have each other's back, uh, and that yeah, they're gonna you know we, go into Bossing Say and they're gonna they're gonna look out for each other. We get some good dialogue from Zuko here, showing he's grown up a little bit. Because he's like, I realized recently that being on your own isn't always the best path. And it's like, okay, he's finally listening to what Iroh's been telling him for like the past five episodes or something. But, oh, well, he's finally absorbed the message. Yeah. That's a good thing. We kind of get like the explicit self-reflection that happens in Zuko alone. Like here we, we see like how he changed after being alone and like, going out that way and seeing that it's not what he wants to do. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that reflection. Uh, anyway, we go back, we see that this baby gets delivered. Uh, yeah. So everyone like wants to go see Katara, like, uh, is, t- goes back to go get Aang in. Aang goes from being very upset to very excited. Um, they're like very happy or Aang's very happy to see this baby. I think that, you know, seeing this baby has made him feel hope again. And the, the mom of the baby, or, yeah, the mom of the baby is like, oh, then I know we should name our daughter Hope. And there's like so much of a pause that I really, really wanted for there to be a line. It's like, I know what to name my baby now. Charlotte. Just like something random. Because like, <laughs> I don't know, like obviously the name was Hope. It'd just be very funny. It was just like catch me off guard if it was, if it was not. Do you know anybody named Hope? That's uh, a weird name. My, my sister's middle name is Hope. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I've got two sisters, one with a middle name Grace, one with a middle name Hope. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah nice little theme to the. Uh, to it's the a city. It, it, Hope is a city north of uh, Vancouver, so there's oh. a city called Hope. Because I remember my cousin went to a boarding school there. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, do All you right, know- just you're just useless, meaningless fact from me. But hey, yeah. we're an hour into the episode, just mining for gold. Here. Oh yeah, <laughs> sorry that, about that, that. Podcast gold. No, it's gonna come up. Someone, <laughs> I don't know who. Someone is gonna have like uh, some trivia question. And they're gonna get it right because they know about Hope Canada. Oh, perfect. There you yeah. go. And then we get what's like one of the final scenes of the episode. So we get what you're talking about. Sokka plants the kiss on Suki and then they lean in for some more smooches after he says you talk too much and they have the lovey dovey kiss and the episode ends with everyone all lovey dovey and happy with each other. Cause then, oh, uh, could talk. Seeing his family together made Ang full of happiness and stuff. That's what he tells Katara and Katara and him hug at the end of the episode. And then Ang. Decides to fly into Ba Sing Se, but oh crap, he sees this huge drill about to make its way into Ba Sing Se, and he tells Momo, Appa will have to wait. And that's how the episode ends. And to your point, every episode ends poorly. 
Yeah. You mentioned this a couple of podcasts ago, and you hit the nail on the head. All these episodes end with like the Fire Nation concocting something or doing something. So, yeah, the the episodes, you know, for a children's TV show, they really do end off uh, on a bad foot, like almost all the time, uh, which is pretty funny to see. Uh, one thing that I like, yeah, have you like, have you heard the story of uh, like the Thousand and One Arabian Nights? I've heard the name of the story, but it's like, the, I don't know where you're going with this. I know, like, I've heard, vaguely heard it. Is that like, have you like Aladdin and stuff too? Is that one of the tales of the Arabian Nights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the idea, like, uh, so there's like a king and then he like has someone read him a bedtime story. And then the next morning he wakes up and he kills the person. Um, And then like, uh, then he goes to bed and like finds a new person to read him a bedtime story. They read him a bedtime story. And then the next morning he kills the person. And then, like, one person was told to, like, hey, you got to read him a bedtime story now. So what they did was they split it up where they only told him half the bedtime story. So then the next night, instead of or the next day, instead of killing the person that read them the story, they wanted to hear the end of it. And so they'd, like, tell him the end of the, like, story A and tell, like, the first half of story B. And then the next night would be, like, the end of story B and first half of story C. Anyway, uh, as a way to keep someone alive. That I feel like that's kind of what makes Avatar really bingeable is like they have the episodes and then like at the very end, they have something that's like bad and then connects to the next episode. So you're like, ooh, new problem. Like, let's fi- fix that one as well. And like, you want to keep watching because um, like as soon as I saw this episode in, I was just like, ooh, I want to watch the drill. I want to I'd like to yeah. watch that now. Yeah, same. I didn't end up watching it, but on American Netflix, they're bunched together. So did you end up watching the drill as well? No, you know, I did a responsible thing and I didn't. Uh, oh, smart. Yeah, I, I might go watch it like right now and then like watch it later to take notes, uh, like right after we're mm-hmm. done. Um, but no, I did not watch it. It was also weird. Yeah. So this did on on Netflix. This shows up as like this and the drill are connected. And like, I guess they are kind of connected in terms of episode. But when they aired on Nickelodeon, they did air as like a, a two night event. Um, and it was called like secret of the fire nation. Uh, yeah. Like I, I thought that it was, I guess, uh, a fine to connect them. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but I don't think it makes sense to connect them either. Cause they're very different episodes. And the only through line they have is that the drill pops up at the end of the serpent's path. I think they're very different episodes, but Hey, that's just me. Yeah. Yep. Uh, agreed. Um, but yeah, there you go. That is the, uh, that's the episode. What, what were your thoughts? That's the serpent's best. I like the episode. It was dragged a little bit. There's too much deep like conversation. I feel like I don't mind when it's like just Iroh and Zuko having those conversations when like every single character is having some like introspective conversation. It gets kind of boring a little bit, to be honest. So that knocks it down a peg for me. I did like Katara and Aang battling the Unagi and then the little Ocean's 11 heist, which I didn't know why you kept calling it the Ocean's 13 heist. You just went for the third movie for some reason, but. <laughs> I, okay, so I couldn't remember the the number. Uh, I knew that's that, fair. That's fair. I, I don't mean to call you out. No, but it's just please funny. do. I knew that thirteen was one of the numbers. I couldn't remember <laughs> if it was eleven, twelve, thirteen, or like twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 
but 12 seemed oh, wrong. I, and I did, at least you didn't, didn't say 14, so that's good. You you got one of you got a correct. Yeah, so, so I went with a number I knew was right. Uh, I was gonna say Ocean's Eight because I like I know for sure that like Ocean's Eight is one of them. Uh, that's like the more recent one that came out. Uh, yes, I was gonna, I was gonna make an Ocean's Eight joke right now too. <laughs> yeah, so uh, like I, I should have just gone full Ocean's Eight because I was just guessing what, which one was the first one. Uh, I have not seen those movies in a long time. Fair. I've never even watched them in full, to be honest. Yeah, I, you're you're not missing a ton. They're they're fun. They're like a they're a fun movie. But like, uh, yeah, if you've gotten this far without watching him, I, I bet you. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Um, yeah. So so you want to get into our episode ranking right here? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, you want to start us off, Zach? Sure. I have this episode at a three point three out of four. Pretty good episode, like nothing too inoffensive, but just the dialogue made it drag a little bit. And I wanted to see like a bigger fight almost in the episode, maybe. I don't know. That's why like the fight against the sea serpent was good, but could have been even better for me. So, yes, uh, I agree. The listeners are a bit higher at a three, four, five. Uh, you know, I, I'm not too upset with how high that is. Uh, I, I'm at a 3.2. I, I feel like this episode was like, okay, it's just like. Uh, yeah, just as like generic like Avatar, like going through the world, like you know, it's kind of cool to to see the like serpent. This is like uh, the serpent that's here l- looks pretty loosely the same serpent that's in the unaired pilot. Um, so it's kind of oh, cool, cool. they like brought back that concept. It's also like very similar to the Unagi. Um, but yeah, like I this episode was just fine. I felt like the B plots were actually a lot more interesting. Like I feel like. The like Iroh and Zuko go into Bossing Say is like a pretty interesting storyline. And the like, oh, we're gonna walk across uh like a, a serpenty pass is just like fine. Um but the like, you know, a uh, fine episode of Avatar is still like a great time. And uh the episode this week is at a three point three two when you average the three scores. Uh, as always, you can write in your scores, avatar at postshowrecaps.com or tweet us at postshowrecaps, giving us a score between zero and four cabbages. Uh, and you can contribute and get your feedback in if you think our scores are wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Write us in at postshow re- at avatar at postshowrecaps. Write us in if you think we're wrong, if you think we're right. Write whatever you want. Write any feedback. We love all of it. Yeah. Though we do get a lot of sponsored posts that are so annoying. It's just people like, hey, you you know the ones I'm talking about? <laughs> like, I, I we get these like annoying like spam posts sometimes too. So if you're messaging us spam, we hate you and never. <laughs> we hate you. I don't, well, I hate. I it's it's not our fans. It's like random people who get our email and then start sending it. Like, you know what I'm talking about? You know, it's I, I like, know exactly hey. what you're talking about. It's and yeah, the worst part yeah, is, yeah. so I have like a different folder because it like it forwards my regular email. This is like very behind the scenes. Uh, probably no one cares, but it forwards my ah. regular email. But it goes to a different folder, and so I'll see something in that folder, and I'll get so excited. I'm like, oh, someone wrote in. Like that's so fun. Like I can't wait to see what people wrote in. Like. You know, whether it's like from one of our regular contributors or someone new. And then it's like, no, it's like some garbage email that just like should have been spam filtered. And it's like, great. Well, yeah, I feel the same. But oh, well, what yeah. can you do? Um, thankfully, we did have some people write in that were not spam. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. I guess actually first we should do the battle of the battle rankings. I was getting a little bit ahead of myself now that I saw a good oh, transition. Good. Dang. <laughs> uh, all good, all good. I'm happy with my transitions this episode. I thought they were a little bit better. On point. They were uh minor improvements. Yeah, they were they were good enough to pull off this heist. Uh <laughs> there you go. 
Um, yeah, go. I think, uh, this battle was okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, it was just a bunch of flying around and then, a, like, a gigantic serpent got hit. I don't know. I didn't love it, actually. The more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm just like, nah, it was a, it was a filler fight. I'm going at a 2.9. Yeah, I'm going to go three, one at one ahead of you. I was waffling between a 2.9 and a three, but to have it the exact same as you would be a little on the nose. So I'll give it a three. I'm a little higher on it. I did like Katara going full Frozone. Yeah. That was always, that was cool. Honestly, I think the I cooler, with it. I think the cooler fight would be the like Aang's uh, baseball hit against the ship. Like uh, we probably shouldn't rank it because it's like literally five seconds, but like, and it's not really a fight. I, like I think that I like that part more than I like the fight against the gigantic serpent. So that was just a very impressive feat of airbending for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, last thing on the agenda for this week is our feedback section. Um, thank mm-hmm. you so much for those who write in. Again, please do write in at avatar at postshowrecaps dot com. Uh, no T Quartet or Avatar news this week, uh, but. If there is any, uh, we yeah. If there's any news, we'll be back and we'll try to get some more good T quartets. But until then, we'll get into some questions. Uh, first, Sarah asks uh, something that could potentially be a little saucy. Have either of you ever flirted with someone to get past some rules? Zach, have you ever uh, tried to bend the rules with some flirting? No, I have not. I'm not a. <laughs> I'm not somebody who's like of the most flirtatious man myself. So I don't really have a great answer to this one. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I did try. So okay, uh, someone that I knew worked at like a restaurant, uh, and I like I did want some free food, and so like I would I would try to like flirt my way into getting free food. Uh, it worked. How'd that work out for you? It worked, but I also think I could have just asked. Like, the flirting part might have been like I don't know a more comfortable way to do it because I never had to like directly ask like, "Hey, can I have free food?" Uh, but yeah, um, I probably could have just said like, "Hey, can you give this to me for free?" And the answer probably would have been yes. So, uh, I would say it wasn't that successful. Uh, damn, you got a girl's loving you so much and just giving you free food. Look at Jacob, <laughs> play a player. Oh, exactly. Uh, Sarah also wrote in and asked, do you think they got the money back for their tickets? Uh, I, like, do you think that this, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure if they like had to pay anything, but do you think that this person would give their money back the like ticket master type person? I, I, there's no chance, right? No, I don't think so. This woman is just an evil, cold woman. She's yeah. not giving anybody their money back. Yeah, I, I like how they do like a parody of like an airport. Uh, obviously, they can't have an airport because you know, uh, like they don't have planes. Um, but like, I, I do think that it's like pretty interesting to see like all the tropes where it's like bad security, like stuff getting stolen, long lines, uh, like kind of like like not a place you'd like to be. Uh, yeah. But no, it's like the DMV. Yeah, yeah, gosh, yeah. But I, I don't think they got any money back. And then, uh, yeah, uh, we also had Dan write in. Dan said, "Did it add anything to you that we saw the couple um, that was pregnant in Zuko alone?" I mean, it was cool. <laughs> Sorry, Dan, I don't have much else to say on that regard. Like, it's a nice callback. I like when Avatar does this, where they introduce characters and then provide more context with them. So that was cool. I enjoyed it. What about yourself, Jacob? Did you like it? It did nothing for me. Uh, no, like, <laughs> in fact, I would say, like, 
I actually don't care at all, and I probably would have rather them not show them, uh, just because, like, I don't know, like, anytime there's something in the world, and, like, this is, this very much happens in Avatar, especially in this season, like, every character we know is going to converge on Ba Sing Se, but anytime we see something where it's, like, oh, this happens to this character, and oh, hey, like, they happen to interact with the, like, other character that's, like, in a totally different plot later on, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I guess, like, I don't know. Like I think the the I, child being born though and opening up Aang's heart and stuff that was a very powerful seed. So it ended up leading to that. So I didn't I didn't mind it in that regard. Yeah, I, I actually agree. I think that having the like you know parent uh, or having the like birth be there is good. Uh, I just think that seeing the characters in Zuko alone doesn't enhance my like enjoyment of this at all. The one thing that it does do. Uh, is it actually makes me the Zuko alone, uh, episode makes me appreciate Zuko's storyline a lot more. I think, I feel like I got a lot of Zuko, even though he was on the screen for a few minutes. And I feel like the work they put in during Zuko alone really helped that one out. Yeah. We didn't get too much of the B side plot here, but yeah, I'm, I'm still happy to see Zuko. And I, I enjoyed the B side plot nonetheless, even though it was very short, just Zuko and his Ocean's 11 heist. Yeah. Or or thirteen or eight or fourteen oh, or in seven, oceans eight heist <laughs> six yeah. four. Uh, <laughs> if you if you give the world long enough, like let's check back in a hundred years. Uh, you know we'll do a little Ang in their reunion. Um, there will be an oceans every number. I'm sure of it. Well, I don't know. They're not like Fast and Furious where there's just like a million movies. It's not like that. There's only four Ocean's Eleven movies, whereas Fast and Furious, how many do they have? Like, they'll definitely nine. have one of every number. Yeah, They're at nine. They'll, they'll be at like Fast 100 in the next century. So It's going to be so dumb when the movie's like... They're going to have like a geriatric Vin Diesel just like fighting some other old person. Yeah, Fast like 74 is just going to be so dumb. Oh my gosh, I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, last question we have today, uh, it's about when they're like, uh, crossing the, the, um, the sunken part of the serpent's pass. Mm -hmm. It was, the question is, uh, from John, he writes, would you rather go water bubble or should Toph have created an earth bridge to get across or should Katara have used her ice to get across the whole way? Uh, this is a great question. I, yeah, I, what, what do you think? What, what would be your preferred method of travel? I'd prefer to travel by Earth, personally. So I'm surprised Toph couldn't just bend a whole Earth bridge, because she's able to bend the pillar out of the water. you think she could just bend more of that out of the water. But maybe she has to be under the water to bend the Earth up. I don't know. So I know. I, like, I definitely think that Toph could have done it here. I think they probably just wanted, like, the cool shot of, like, the serpent crashing the bubble or something. But, like, practically... Earth bridge is way better. I think even ice bridge is better. Going under the water is like conceptually cool. Uh, there's like an aquarium in Dallas where you can like go uh, into the thing and like all around you, it's like all water. Um, it's like cool to look at, but it's incredibly like inefficient. Uh, it's a little scary. Definitely should have gone Earth bridge. Yeah, probably. Cool. Uh, well, that is all we have for you this week. Thank you so much to those that wrote in. Uh, yeah, uh, that's that's all I've got. Zach, where can people find you? 
People can find me at Zach Muhammad 32 on Twitter. And I was also on 32 fans this week with Akiva Winokur and Alexander Chester talking about doing a little preview of the NBA playoffs. So you can catch me on that podcast talking some hoops. If you do, if you li- like when we talk about sports on this podcast, then that'll be a good, <laughs> that'll be a good podcast for you. You can listen to me talk about sports for uh, basketball for an hour. In particular. Yes, so, that is had a, a fun, very fun time on that podcast. That one's a very explicit. Uh, sports podcast uh, I feel like that <laughs> yes. one that one talking sports makes a ton of sense whereas here it is always just a uh, segue where we've probably gotten too far into talking about it but <laughs> I have fun so what can uh, you do I have fun too uh, I like yeah. I like remember when we were talking about the soccer shots I ended up watching a couple or the goalies missing the shot in soccer I remember that yeah. that was too much fun oh my gosh so funny uh, yeah, it was great to hear you on 32 fans. It was, it was so fun. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, great, great job. Love the basketball takes. Uh, yeah, hopefully they get you back. You can come a, a regular basketball correspondent there on 32 fans and, uh, I'd love it. Yeah, podcast with some of my, uh, you know, favorite podcasters. Um, yeah, Chester's hilarious to podcast with. He's such a weird guy. Yeah. I mean, I love him, but he's just a, but I've never met somebody like him before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, he he's a good person for the podcast community because he has like so many great takes and like so many bad takes. It's perfect. He's just such a unique individual, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to be polite, but he, I love him. But he's just such a such an interesting guy. I think Chester's uh, great. They should, uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I love thirty two fans. Anyway, uh, that's that's uh, not what we're here to talk about. You can find me on oh, no, of Twitter at JK Redman. Uh, I'm also on the Brazilian Dragons podcast talking Scooby-Doo with Felipe Shimon, uh, who himself was on some, uh, some like Renap type stuff, uh, with, or I guess podcast with Akiva where he did the high school musical. This was two weeks ago, but I also enjoyed the podcast. So that's a plug to listen to that. Yeah, that was a great podcast with the high school musical stuff. I wanted to hear them talk high school musical too. I hope that goes on the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. I think that has better songs. Yeah, I agree. Um, cool. Well, that is all we have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, until next week, see ya. Peace out, guys. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.